Hi, this is Ricardo, pastor of Journey Church Ventura. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Hope you're having a great week. We hope it's life-giving and life-changing. Take care. There's some good things going on uh, here at Journey, and I'm very excited for baptisms and all those kinds of things. So another exciting thing that's happening today is a couple things. Um, I want to introduce to you, if you haven't ever met them, uh, this is Josh, Josh Ness, Taylor Ness, this is Brookie Bear Ness, (laughs) and Liam Bub Ness, all right, and these guys, uh, Taylor is my daughter, and Josh is my son-in-law, and then of course my two of seven grandkids, and um, super excited, they're full of life and full of joy, and So we are taking another step in our vision. If you haven't had a chance to get our vision narrative, I encourage you to do that because um, it it communicates what we're about this year. And one of the focuses that we're about, we have a lot of different things we're focusing on, but um, one of the the major focuses is youth and starting a youth ministry. And so we're very, very excited to announce to you that we now have youth pastors. And... uh, And so there's, there's really two things happening today. So let me just tell you a little bit about these guys. Um, Josh has a, a, a bachelor's degree in communications from Northwest University. Taylor has a bachelor's in business administration from Northwest University. Both of them are highly um, qualified, capable, able, talented, gifted, ridiculous, I'm jealous of um, what, what they bring. Um, one of the unique things about Josh, and as we were praying as a board and asking God for direction, I had actually interviewed another person for this role, and um, then we met, and we just felt like the Lord said, um, Josh is the guy. And, uh, and then we told him he was the guy. Um, no, that's not true. He, he is a Pied Piper of kids. He loves hanging out with kids. He um, uh, uh, loves to have fun. He's a gamer. He's a, a sports guy. He's He's a lot of different things, but um, one of the things that I've noticed over the years about him is kids just love to hang with him, and he loves to hang with kids, and, uh, and that's, a, that's a, a match made in heaven for where we are in our youth ministry, and, and our kids need that attention. They need that, um, <clears throat> that opportunity to connect with somebody, and so super excited about these guys. Taylor is a gifted administrative person, and um, that's a perfect match for these two. And so, uh, super excited. And Brooklyn loves to just play, right? And pray with o- play with Oko. Do you like to play with Oko? Okay, she's too shy right now. So, um, another announcement we're making too is that um, because of Josh's training and the background that he has, the Northwest University is a Bible college, and he's gone through the entire process of, of um, studying, going through what it takes to become a licensed minister. And, and so as well, today, um, we as a church are licensing Josh to be a full-fledged pastor, Reverend Josh Ness. And, um, and so today, um, we're announcing his, his role and position as a licensed minister of Journey Church Ventura. And so we're very, very excited about that as well. So yeah, so now we have Pastor Josh. And, uh, and I'm not going to pray because I'm going to cry. Um, it's a privilege to see family um, 
answer the call to, of God. And it's a privilege to see these guys step into a role that I know they're doing in faith. And uh, just because I know them deeply, and I pray for them often, and I just know that Josh is, is called. And um, Josh has kind of been on the journey of answering that call, and I'm super excited about that, Josh, for you. So I wanted you to say a few things. Grab the mic there and uh, just Hopefully I don't cry talk about Yeah, you're already crying, so too late. Yep. No, I'm super excited, and uh, as Pastor Ricardo said, I've always loved hanging out and being around kids. And I've been, I mean, I'm a missionary kid, so I've been in ministry my whole life and been involved in children's ministry and, I mean, after care and kids for probably 15 years through college and stuff like that, and I've always had a passion just to hang out and talk with kids. And they are the next generation. And so, even with these little guys, it's been fun to kind of start to learn about what parenting is about and stuff like that. But being able to just provide wisdom and a little bit of insight to kids and hang out and listen is super fun. Yeah. <laughs> but looking forward to it. I'm so excited. Taylor and I are really privileged, and thank you guys for doing that. Just having the backing of our team and the board is super cool, um, and, and just a blessing. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm going to ask uh, Don if you would pray and uh, just ask God's blessing. Uh, Brother Dave say something on here, too. We're oh, yeah. so proud of Josh and Taylor. <laughs> I just wanted to make this really quick. You know, um, we all have children or grandchildren, and we know what they're going through right now. And as they get older, you know, as children, as little children like this, they're just excited, full of energy. And as they get older, they you know, tend to see the things of the world and get distracted and it's harder to keep their attention. So Josh and Taylor, they've got an, an amazing responsibility to, to keep these children alive and happy and, and going strong. It, it's no little task and it's not to be taken lightly. That's right. And they totally know that. Yep. And so when, when in our day-to-day -day prayers, think of them. And all the other youth pastors that are around that are all in the same battle yeah. Trying to keep our children strong in the Lord. Yeah, and amen. And so it's very important. And, and I know that they got these two little ones, and, and I, it's, a, it's, it's a lot. <laughs> and then you're going to have a whole bunch of more bigger kids challenging you. <laughs> so Don's going to That's pray, awesome. and just going to... That's awesome. Yeah, there's just, they're just not enough to say about Josh and Taylor both. If you just hear him during the week around this building here, he is singing everywhere he goes, and he has a beautiful voice, a beautiful voice. So we might be hearing him singing up on the floor here during service sometime here. And uh, Taylor is always such a gifted person. Both of them have such gifted talents that the Lord has given them, and they're going to utilize those talents for the benefit of you as parents, as this young people. And right. for our congregation and our community. Amen. We are Amen. so blessed with this young couple here. And if you don't know them that well, please get to know them because they both have interesting backgrounds. Really interesting backgrounds. And they can't do this alone. They're going to need our support, our help, as Dave yeah. said, our prayer. And you parents, you're going to need volunteers and involvement. And then we're going to get yeah. this going. And we're just going to be abundantly blessed. And our cups are going to overflow. That's right. Right. So, raise your hands and we pray for this Josh and this couple. Thank you. Father God, I just thank you, Lord, for just giving Josh this direction that he is taking, Lord, and giving him this leadership, Father. I thank you for Taylor stepping in also and assisting in all this situation, in all this um, 
ministry, Father. Lord, we just thank you, Father, for giving his heart that he has, a compassionate heart that they both have, to serve you, Father, and to be guided and directed by you, Father, because they will need under your direction, Father. And thank you for keeping them embraced in your arms at all times and just blessing their home and blessing their family during their ministries and at all times, Father, because um, we just come against the attack of the enemy in any way that wants to come upon them, Lord, that the enemy will not have hold upon them because they are just going to overflow and just burst out with such a gifted blessing here in this ministry, Lord. Thank you for just preparing the hearts of the parents that are going to come together and that would be a blessing and preparing the team that's going to come alongside with them and help yes. serve with them, Father. We just thank you, Lord. And we just thank you for the favor you have upon them and the blessings that are going to come upon them abundantly. And we give Amen. you the praise and glory, Father, in Amen. Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Praise God. Thank you, guys. Love it. Super excited about that. God's going to do amazing things in our youth and through these guys and in these guys, and uh, they're going to grow big time. When I was a youth pastor, parents would come to me and ask for advice, <clears throat> and uh, I'd give them advice, thinking I knew what I was talking about. And that was before I had kids, and then now I want to go back to those parents and say, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day to you. I hope you know, um, we as pastors, my wife and I love you guys so much, and just consider it an absolute privilege, and we're humbled uh, to be called pastors here. And our role and our, de our desire as, as, as pastors is to love you, and to let you know that God loves you even more. And uh, we're so privileged with that. So please, accept that as your Valentine from us to you, and uh, just know that we love you very, very much. Um, go Rams. Good luck, Cincinnati. If they win, I, I, I'm a little nervous because I think Cincinnati has a Cinderella blessing on them or something like that. And we'll see. Hopefully they turn into a pumpkin during the game and that'll be the end of it. Um, super excited. There's a couple things I wanted to just mention about youth ministry and about children's ministry. Right now we are developing a couple rooms upstairs for them. And, you know, one of the most important parts that you develop in, in ministry are environments. That's why we care so much about our lobby and our patio. We care so much about what happens in here and, and uh, the decor that we have and everything. Every environment matters. And so we're creating two environments upstairs. Um, we're, we're trying to raise uh, $2,500 for each environment um, to help just make the improvements and get the equipment and everything we need. So if God puts it on your heart to give above and beyond your tithe um, to that, encourage you to do that as well. We're, uh, and if you want a tour, we can show you. We had a pizza and paint party on Friday night, and uh, some people thought that we were painting, kind of doing crafting. Um, they found out it was full-on painting walls and everything like that, so um, they came anyway, and so it was really, really good. We had a good time, though, and uh, we, we still have some, some work to do up there, and so if you want to take a walk up there, we encourage you to do so and uh, enjoy seeing what uh, direction we're going. We're also blessed, and there was a, a person who doesn't even attend here uh, donated a 75-inch uh, TV screen um, for the game. This, no, I'm not for the game, for <laughs> our, our fourth and fifth graders, as well as an iMac computer, which was just amazing. And so God's, God's blessing 
uh, our development of these, those environments. We're super excited about that. Why not us? Why not us? Today I want you to be prepared because I think there's something, there's, there's people in the room that you don't believe that God could do something significant in you and through you. And I believe today is a message that will change that perspective. I hurt for you because I think too often we live below our potential because we don't see what God sees. And we don't understand how God works in us and through us. And so today what I hope is for you to understand that you can say, why not us or why not me? And you can believe that maybe you shouldn't be the one that is able to do something big, able to do something powerful, able to make a big difference in a small way even, or in a big way. Whatever it is, God is going to use you. And why not us? Why not us? We have a big God. There's no reason we can't do big things for him. Have you ever said, when this happens, then I will do this? Have you ever said that? When this happens, then I will do this. We say things like, when I have time, then I will get involved. Or when I lose 15 pounds, then I will run that big race or I will do that thing. When I, when I lose this weight, everything will change, right? When I get that promotion, then I will feel good about myself. When the kids grow up, then we'll do things. And they turn 18 and you're going, what happened to growing up? If he changes, maybe you're saying that in your marriage or if she changes, then if I can just get beyond this challenge, then if I can't, if I can get over my pain, then when the devil is no longer a threat, then when sin, is, when sin no longer grabs the heart of man, then when hell freezes over, then we kind of see it as an impossibility. We, we, we keep saying, when this happens, then, when this goes, when, and it, we just keep using when as an excuse for not now. We say, when this happens, many of us are simply waiting for that perfect moment. That perfect opportunity, that perfect setup. You're just asking God, God, if you would just change everything so that everything could be just perfect, then. The most precarious of predicaments is our own. Our own situations, our own, we were born into sin. And it's the reason we don't believe in ourselves. We were born into a broken world. And we see a, a broken world that we think, oh, I, we can't make that big of a difference. We're affected by the physical world, our brokenness, our, our work is work. The reason they call it work and not fun is because it's not fun, it's work. Unless you'll enjoy your work. We get sick. I know some people don't like to hear that, and some people believe that's kind of a faithless thing, but it's a reality that many of us deal with, that we do get sick. Spiritually, we're broken. We, we need a redemptive relationship to help us get beyond uh, this life into the next. And if we're not redeemed, that, that, that jump into heaven isn't going to happen. Emotionally, we're broken. Sounds like a dire world, doesn't it? 
It is. There is no perfect situation on the planet. We live in a broken, sin-affected world, which is the very reason why Jesus came. The very reason he came into our world. Now hang in there with me because what I'm, I, I know you're feeling like, oh, man, I feel like I just read the news. <laughs> you know, I feel like I just watched the news and everything's going to hell in a handbasket. The truth is there will never be a perfect moment. There never will be. There's not a perfect moment unless the perfect Jesus is brought into it. And you know, this will make sense in just a moment. In Matthew, 18, eight, Matthew chapter 8, verse 18, there's a story. And it, talks, it goes like this. It says, when Jesus saw the crowd around him, he gave orders to cross to the other side of the lake. Then a teacher of the law came to him and said, teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Another disciple said to him, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. But Jesus told him, follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. And Jesus is saying, first of all, to the first person, the teacher, he's saying, listen, if you think this is the perfect situation hanging out with me, you're not going to have a pillow to lay your head on. Not a perfect situation. Second person says, wait, Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go, but let me take care of my, 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 my dead father. And Jesus said, let the dead bury their dead. Second story in Luke chapter 9, verse 57, he says, as they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied again, foxes have birds, uh, uh, foxes have dens, birds have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. He said to another man, follow me. But he replied, Lord, first let me go bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the service in the kingdom of God. These individuals desired the perfect setting to take care of their own needs before they would commit to giving themselves to God. Let me go bury my father. Let me go say goodbye. Let me take care of this need. Let me take care of that need. It, many of these were saying, um, when, if I can do this, then. Let me get everything right. Let me put everything in order. And when it's all in order, then I'll follow you. How many of us say that sometimes? I'll do this when, I'll give this when, I'll, I'll serve when, I, as soon as I lose weight, as soon as I have my hair done right, it, as soon as I wear the right clothes, whatever it might be, as soon as, if then when. And too often we're making these same mistakes. These people wanted to do things for Christ in the perfect context. There is no perfect context. Before we make it about saving the world, let's make it about me first. How many of us has looked at our schedules and said, well, if my schedule was more free, I could do something that God's calling me to do. 
God understands I have to work. God understands we have this going on. God understands, and he understands that I can't do what he really wants me to do because I have all this stuff going on. Before I give up everything, let me take care of all the things that I really care about. I need the perfect moment, I, in the perfect setting, in the perfect timing. And I've just lived too much life to understand that there is no perfect setting. There isn't one. And I think Jesus clearly understood that. He clearly understood that there is no perfect setting, and that's the very reason that he showed up. It's because he would become the perfect person in any setting. Any setting. Jesus didn't show up to things that were already put together. The world was a mess. The people he came to save, the Jews and the Gentiles, were all full of sin, all full of this, this disease that we all have that will send us to hell if we don't get a redemptive answer to it. He didn't wait for the perfect moment. Let me just summarize a couple little stories for you. There was not enough wine at the party. Oh, no. Shut down the party. No. Mary said, Jesus... Let's make some more wine. He got the party going again. He made more wine instantly, creatively, powerfully, miraculously. And the wine was better than the other wine that was initially served. The woman with the issue of blood had seen every doctor she could possibly find and spent every dollar trying to get herself well. Not the perfect setting. In fact, an impossible one. And she touches the hem of his garment and she's healed. Guys, digging holes through the roof. Can you imagine if this place was so packed that uh, some friends wanted their friend to get healed, and the only way to get through is to open up that opening up there and, bring, and drop him down. This was an impossible situation. This man had been crippled for his, his lifetime, and his friends wanted to see him healed, and the only way to do that was to get him to a solution that wasn't found anywhere else but in Jesus. They dropped him through the roof, and Jesus healed him. There was a storm. Jesus was sleeping in the bow of the boat, and the disciples were in the boat, and many of them fishermen, and they were all freaking out, going, oh, no, we're going to drown. What does Jesus do? He pops up, and he calms the storm. Jesus didn't, like, sleep in the boat and go, okay, I'll wait till the waves calm down and then I'll come out and I'll just show them that everything's okay. No, he entered the storm. He, he, he woke up in the storm and he calmed the seas. The Samaritan woman, she was, had five husbands and then she was currently in her sixth relationship in an affair with the man. What happened? He's like, oh, you need counseling. You need to go get your act together, and then we can deal with each other. No. He told her that he was the answer to her situation, her circumstance, and she became saved along with many others in that Samaritan village. Jesus, in all these situations, did not wait for the perfect moment. He was the perfect moment. In your situation, no matter what you're going through, you're like, I need a new spouse. I need more money. 
I need more time. I need whatever is going on in your life. I need a healing in my body. Whatever you're facing today, you don't need something, a perfect moment. You need the perfect Jesus to touch you. You need the perfect person to come and be his. He is the healer. He's the forgiver. He's the restorer. He's the deliverer. He's the savior. He's everything we need. That's the Jesus that we serve. And Hebrews chapter 1 explains who Jesus is. It's a beautiful picture. It says he's the sun. The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. He is the exact perfect representation of who God is. And he is the one we need in our lives. Not the perfect moment, but the perfect Jesus for the imperfect moment. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14 says, Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity, so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. Listen to that again. And free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. God has the power to overcome death and to bring life. No matter what the situation, no matter what the circumstance, he is the one who can set us free. He's the one who can bring hope to the world. He's the one that can bring hope to your circumstance. I'm amazed at first responders. I'm amazed at them. I'm, I'm blessed to be a small part of that club as a chaplain for the Ventura Police Department. Just, was it Friday night? Or actually Saturday, early Saturday morning, I was called um, to an unfortunate suicide. Another um, one of our amazing veterans who was um, unfortunately very, very badly impacted by war took his life. These first responders, when they get to a call like that, they have to treat it as a live situation. They don't know exactly what's going on. So they enter a building knowing that someone had used a gun and face whatever is going on. Just recently in Arizona, they responded to a call like that, and, and uh, several of the officers were shot because it was an ambush. It was reported as a, 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 a difficult situation, but they came hoping that it wasn't going to be um, anything dangerous or as dangerous as being ambushed, and they were ambushed and shot. First responders don't wait for the smoke to clear. They don't wait for the danger to be removed. They don't wait. In Jesus' case, he didn't wait for the sin to stop. He didn't say, if you guys will get your act together, then I'll show up. If you'll get your, your, your sin issues together, then I'll, then I'll do something. I love what Romans 5, 8, and you'll hear me quote that verse a lot because it's one of my favorites. It's the one that made a big difference in my life. But God demonstrated his love towards us. And that while we were still sinners, he ran into the building and died for us. 
why we were still making a mess of things, why we were still screwing up life, why we were still having all these issues in our heart and our mind and our spirit. While we were going through all of that, he died for us because he loves us so much. He went into the fiery building and comes out carrying us. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? In Mark chapter 1, verse 40, it says, A man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees. A man with leprosy. There's, there's so much just in that statement alone because in, in this culture, if you had leprosy, you were considered an unclean person and you were to avoid all other clean people. And so if I'm a leper and I'm walking along the street and there's someone coming towards me, I have to get off the street and walk across the other way or somewhere where I can get out of the way so I don't make this person unclean. So this leper is desperate and he understands or he must have heard about the, the power of Jesus being able to heal and, <clears throat> Jesus, and, and he begs him on his knees. He goes down to his knees and says, Jesus, if you're willing, you can make me clean. And this insults Jesus. And we know that because the next word says Jesus was indignant. It's like, if I'm willing, I'm willing to do anything to bring redemption to humanity. Am I willing? Am I willing? He reached out his hand and touched the man, which is absolutely culturally wrong. He touches the man. I am willing, he said be clean. Immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. That's so cool. Because Jesus crushed all cultural boundaries, all rules and regulations just to touch this man and make him well. Today you feel like I'm inadequate. I'm not worthy. I've messed up too much. You don't understand my sin habits. You don't understand that I'm spiritually a leper coming apart. I don't know if you ever heard the song, Leprosy, all my skin is falling off of me. I'm not half the man I used to be. I know, it's not very sensitive. Oh, leprosy. Jesus made him well. Jesus crossed all lines. Jesus went to that place where he didn't have to go, but he went. Why? Because that's what Jesus does. He doesn't wait for the perfect. He didn't say, um, can you go get fixed? Can you go get, your, get rid of your leprosy? And then we can communicate. Then we can connect. Then we, do you understand that if I touch you or if I heal you or the fact that you're this close to me has now made me unclean? He didn't say any of that. He said, I am willing. I am willing. Jesus sent him away at once with a strong warning. See that you don't tell this to anyone, but go and show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Instead, he went out and began to talk freely, spreading the news. As a result, Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but stayed outside in lonely places. Yet the people still came to him from everywhere. So what happens when the perfect Jesus enters into the imperfect moment. 
There's no such thing as a perfect moment, you guys. We can't wait for perfect to do something. You say, well, I'm, I'm waiting to share my faith with my, my coworker, but I'm waiting for that perfect moment when they actually ask me to share Christ with them. Not going to happen. Especially in today's world where we live in what most uh, missiologists call an anti-Christian world. It's not even a post-Christian world. It's an anti-Christian Most people aren't going to ask us, aren't going to come up to us and say, hey, can you tell me about Jesus? It's not going to happen. We can't wait for that perfect moment. We have to find imperfect moments, imperfect opportunities to share our faith and to be the Jesus that Jesus was to us. We need to go be that to this world. We need to be that. Jesus is the perfect answer to our worst moments. We need a perfect we, we, we don't need a perfect person. We need a perfect Jesus. Jesus is the answer to our heart and our situation in your circumstance. You're like, oh, I'll come to Jesus when I'm more cleaned up. No. He's the one that cleans you up. He's the one that cleans us up. He's the one that helps us in our circumstance. You have a broken marriage. You don't need a perfect man or woman. You need a perfect Jesus to impact that marriage. You're an addicted person. You're an addicted to porn. You're addicted to drugs. You're addicted to alcohol. You're addicted to something. It's not until you clean it up and you get the willpower to overcome. It's Jesus in you that will make the difference. You have a broken body, you're sick, you're hurt, you're, you're not well. It's the perfect Jesus who can, in his power and ability, either give you the strength to go through it and heal up or heal you immediately. We live in a broken world. And this world doesn't need a perfect church, nor is it ever going to become a perfect world for us to be able to go out and share, the, share our faith. We have to be willing to Run into the smoke-filled room. Run into the sin-affected planet that we live on and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why not us? Why not us? Because we have the power within us. I read this morning, we have the power of the resurrection inside of us. The spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in me, lives in you. There is no reason... To not have impact in this world. I've made plenty of excuses in my life. When I get out of debt, I will. When I do this, I will. When I lose this weight, I will. When I... I have to stop saying that. And let's just say today, I'm going to. Today, I'm going to. Today, I'm going to love on my friend. Today, I'm going to give. Today, I'm going to pray. Today, I'm going to, and we're going to see God move like never before. I believe that with all my heart. So there's two simple calls. Will you let him into your imperfect moment? Will you just ask Jesus to come into your situation, your circumstance, what you're going through right now? Don't, don't say, when I clean myself up, then Jesus will come in. Don't, don't do any of that. 
Say, Jesus, come in now. Because that's what he does. He is a first responder. He comes right into your fire-filled heart and your messed up life and your messed up circumstance. And he comes in and he makes the difference. And the, most, the biggest part of that is that we can't change ourselves. Let, let, let's let him change us. And then the second part of this call is, will you enter the imperfect moments of others? I believe we'll grow as we continue to go. I preached a couple weeks ago that it's not about um, go big or go home. It's just go. It's go small. It's go medium. It's go big. It's go extra large. It's just go. It's not wait for that perfect moment. Let's not make excuses that not, that everything has to be this perfect picture. Just do something for Jesus. I pray that for you. I pray that for me. I pray that we would just be bold enough to take one small step and not wait for that perfect situation. You have Jesus, the perfect Jesus in you. Let him work out of you. And he'll be that perfect circumstance in that perfect, imperfect situation. God, I believe you're talking to us today, that you're challenging us to go to hard places, to difficult places, to um, imperfect situations and circumstances. You're challenging us to stretch ourselves, to become uncomfortable. You're challenging us to run into fires and, and, and difficult circumstances. You're challenging us to believe that for ourselves, let alone for others. And I pray right now in the name of Jesus that your spirit would move in such a powerful way. God, that those that are right now making excuses for their own messed up lives, Lord, would receive you and ask you into their lives. In fact, with heads bowed and eyes closed, I'm going to ask you to do one thing, and that is you are that imperfect moment right now. And you've been asking uh, or waiting for something to improve before you do something. You've been afraid to ask God into your imperfect situation, maybe. Whatever the case may be, I just want you to simply say, Pastor, please pray for me. I'm that person. I'm waiting for the perfect moment, and I just need God to come into my imperfect moment. If that's you, just raise your hand. Thank you. Anybody else? Yeah. 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 Yeah, God, up in the balcony. Come on. God is moving right now. He doesn't care about your imperfect moment. He's going to be the perfect person in your moment. And Lord, I pray right now for the hands that were raised, the faith that it showed to raise those hands, that in the name of Jesus, you would bring peace, that you would bring healing, that you would bring deliverance, that you would bring restoration, that you would bring hope to these situations and circumstances. God, they may seem hopeless, but you are, you are the, the, the way maker. You're the one who can do the impossible. You're the one who can make well the sick. You're the one who can heal a relationship. You're the one who can restore an addict, Lord, back to health and wholeness in the name of Jesus. You are the one who can forgive sin. You are the one who can empower with your spirit. You are the one who can bring a, a lost loved one back. Lord, you're the one who can restore the fallen person who has made mistake after mistake. You're the one who can release that person from habitual sin. In the name of Jesus, I pray that the power of your spirit would be evident in every heart right now in Jesus' name. And I thank you for that, God. Hallelujah.
right now to be a bold missionary a bold missionary that you would be willing to walk into difficult circumstances difficult situations you've avoided a neighbor a co-worker you've avoided a friend because you've wanted it to kind of mellow out and get calm and, and, and the storm goes down but you need to bring Jesus into that before it'll ever happen and you're the missionary that will do it. You're the missionary that will bring peace into that life. You're the missionary that will bring hope into that circumstance. You're the person who will uh, enable something to change so that they will give their hearts and lives to Jesus. And right now, God is speaking to you to be that person. And I just ask that you would receive that anointing right now in the name of Jesus to be a bold missionary in your community, in your workplace, in your neighborhood, whatever the case may be, in your family, would you be a receiver of that power, a receiver of that anointing to go and be a testimony of grace and love and healing and deliverance and forgiveness to, to whatever situation you know about. Receive it right now in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that that would rest on this entire congregation. I, I pray that every heart in this room, God, would feel the burden to love and to show your love to those no matter their circumstance. There's not a perfect moment. There's no perfect people out there. And God, we believe that you're calling us to bring your perfection into their imperfect circumstance. And maybe you're here today and you have yet to just accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And at every service, we offer this opportunity for you to accept Jesus as your Savior. And so if you would like to, you can simply say, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. And I accept your forgiveness. And today, I accept the fact that I am completely clean from all the past sins I've made. And I believe that you were raised from the dead. And I believe that you now promise me eternal life. And I commit to follow you for the rest of my life. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to join your journey. And I hope the message made a big difference in your life. And if it did, we just encourage you to go to journeychurchventura.com and let us know. Also, be free to share this message with your friends and family. We just love to impact as many people as we can. Once again, thank you for joining us at Journey Church Ventura.